The Jazz. Schools. Also going to take it on the quarterback draw. He's to the 30, the 25, makes the move to the 20, 15, 10, 5. He's into the end zone. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. Number four of my best non-sports sports, wife carrying. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome on in to another edition of the Full Court Press. Eric Franson here with you. Jason Walker, still a little under the weather, hoping to see him back here in studio tomorrow as he continues to improve. But uh, a lot of things to get through today, recapping the weekend that was the NBA Summer League in full force in Las Vegas. Some exciting plays, some exciting players, a lot of stars there in attendance as well. Uh, certainly, we know that Utah uh, doesn't have a, a lot of players that um, you know, that we're really evaluating that are going to be uh, rotation guys, but they did get a new one that started to play this past weekend. Who was worth keeping an eye on for sure? Uh, the draft pick from uh, just a few weeks ago, Walker Kessler. Doesn't look like he's going to be available after all. But the Utah Jazz did officially announce the uh, the the players as part of the uh, those Minnesota players as part of the deal with Rudy Gobert. So we'll get some perspective on who they are. Of now, some of them were made available to the media. Some were not. Now I'm not. I don't think we need to read too much into it just yet. But you know we were speculating. Why they hadn't been announced just yet until just recently. Took them until Sunday to announce it. I guess terms of the deal took a while to clear. And uh, we'll hear some interesting comments from Danny Ainge uh, later on in the show uh, uh, that uh, it's kind of hampered the Jazz in free agency. But um, what we're going to do today is find out more details about who these guys are. Who is Malik Beasley? Who is Jared Vanderbilt, Patrick Beverly, Walker Kessler, Leandro uh, Balmaro? Now, who are these guys, and uh, what what did they do for Minnesota, or at least what was the hope of what some of these guys could do, and what might they be able to do for the Utah Jazz? Uh, ben Beacon, he is a uh, co-host of the Locked On Timberwolves podcast. And he'll be joining me uh, here in a little while, a little bit later on in the show, to give uh, his perspective on the Rudy Gobert trade and everything that was involved with it. So the Minnesota perspective on the deal and who Utah gets in return and uh, what that might mean for the Jazz moving forward. Uh, As I said, a lot of these players were made available to the media for the first time over the weekend. Uh, Danny Ainge and Justin Zanuck. First time we've heard Justin Zanuck really, since uh, this day after the the playoff exit for the Utah Jazz. So it was interesting to hear him as well. And so we've got some comments from a lot of different people we're going to get through today. And it's going to be very NBA-centric. It's not the only topic of discussion, however, uh, as there are a few other things to, uh, to look at. Very interesting proposal 
by the Western Athletic Conference on how they want to handle their basketball tournament. Now, is is what they're going to do going to prove to be the wave of the future? Or is it just the wacky whack doing things differently to get a little bit of attention and uh, kind of be on the edge? So interesting to see what they're proposing and if it's a good idea, crazy idea, or eh, don't know yet. We'll have to wait and see. So uh, we'll get into that. So a lot of basketball today here on the Full Court Press. But as always, if you want to chime in, and to discuss, weigh in, debate, share a bad opinion, whatever, uh, we can hear what uh, what's on your mind. 435-339-0321. If you want to chime in on our full court press text line, 435-339-0321. Uh, but first and foremost, the NBA Summer League the, taking place in Las Vegas over the weekend, uh, it did start up uh, – tail end of last week and, and, and continued on through Sunday. And a uh, couple of things that we're looking for, that I'm looking at in the summer league. Uh, one, Jared Butler, particularly, what is he doing? Is he progressing? Is he somebody who could be a rotation guard to help the jazz? Uh, anybody else on this roster standing out? Like maybe the jazz should uh, give them a chance in the fall with the, when the veterans come in and maybe be some bench help. So the, the Jazz has a team and what those players are and, and how they're integrating and how they're playing and how they're performing. Uh, how is Justin Bean doing with the L.A. Clippers? As uh, he was uh, signed a, as an undrafted free agent with the Clippers, he gets a chance to play with their team through the summer. And uh, Namish Keta. On his second year with the Sacramento Kings, how is he looking? Kind of made some waves in how he looked in the California Classics, a few games that were played up in San Francisco. But how is he doing in Las Vegas? Were those kind of a flash in the pan or kind of a sign for how this guy is developing his game and uh, deserving more attention in the NBA? He did sign an extension as a two-way player for the Kings. So that's good news. That's a great sign for him. But is he a guy that may deserve more than just that? And after a couple of games, I think you can make a pretty good argument that, yes, he might deserve a little bit more time in the NBA. And this is a guy who is showing versatility. He's showing maturity. He's improving his skill set. He's uh, doing better with how he's moving his feet. And uh, and even a little talking trash. Now, for those Aggie fans that saw him a lot in the spectrum or saw him on the road, this is nothing new. Um, but great moment that was captured on uh, ESPN and then shared on social media. It went viral over the weekend. Um, there was, uh, you know, late in the game, this is a, a close matchup between the Magic and the Kings. It ended up going to double overtime and decided kind of in a sudden death situation. But the number one overall pick, kind of uh, talking, talking a little smack, nothing too too serious, but um, and uh, it, talking to, to Keta, who had just hit a three-point shot. Now, this is kind of getting late in the game, 
and Kenna steps out and he hits a three. And then this was well, this exchange was caught on the microphones and cameras uh, by ESPN late in the game. You were running this side, Keegan. Kick to you. It was really hit. You weren't supposed to hit that three ball. You don't know me, bro. You ain't know it. You ain't know. <laughs> you don't know me, bro. That is the money quote oh, of Summer League so far. That is too good. From the lips of Kata. <laughs> you, you don't know me, bro. <laughs> but it was a great game from from Nimi. He put down 23 points, eight rebounds. He hit that three, as I mentioned. He dished out three assists, had one steal and one block. For that game, he was a plus six. And then he followed it up with another strong performance on Sunday when the Kings beat up the Pacers 103-96. to He uh, didn't score as much, but he certainly had an impact on the game. 12 points, 7 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal. Um, and uh, probably the one of the other great highlights uh, in this uh, summer league, on one possession, Keta blocks, gets, was it, 2 or 3 blocks in one possession. And he ended up with 4 on the day. So in 2 games... He's got five blocks already. He was a plus 23 in that matchup against the Pacers. So it's been a lot of fun keeping an eye on Nimi and what he's doing in uh, Las Vegas and uh, what he's able to do. Now, Justin Bean, uh, not quite the same. Uh, He uh, only got in for about three minutes in the Clippers' uh, blowout over the the, uh, Grizzlies, 94-76. So he only played in garbage time, did pull down a couple of rebounds, but uh, Justin being just Clippers in their first game didn't really have much of an impact just yet. But uh, again, there's there's several more games to be played, so we'll keep our fingers crossed that Justin Bean gets more of an opportunity. Uh, for the Jazz, uh, Jared Butler looked good in their game over the weekend when the Jazz beat the Hawks 72-66. Uh, to 66. Uh, I, I was impressed with his playmaking ability. He had some great passes. He finished with 15 points, seven assists. He grabbed three rebounds, a couple of steals. He had a block on the day. Uh, but I, Bruno, we have to talk about Bruno. <laughs> Bruno Caboclo, uh, 11 points, eight rebounds. Uh, had a lot of sweet dunks. Uh, some of those were from lobs and others just attacking the rim. But then the new jazz man from uh, courtesy of uh, Minnesota, Leandro Balmaro, uh, he was able to play for the jazz uh, for, in their one game. Five points, five assists, and a steal. Uh, he was a plus seven on the day. So we'll see what they do again tonight. Jazz take on the Mavericks at 8 o'clock. Game is uh, going to be shown on NBA TV and ESPN3. So... Um, definitely worth watching to see, you know what what comes together here for the Jazz. Now uh, Walker Kessler, he that since the deal has been approved and gone through on both sides for Minnesota and Utah, Walker Kessler theoretically could be available to participate in the summer league for the Jazz. However, he is recovering from a slight injury that was uh, incurred while he was doing some of these summer workouts ahead of the NBA draft. So the Jazz are going to hold him out, make sure he heals up and uh, gets better. But um, 
and make sure he's he's ready to go for the upcoming uh, you know veterans camp and when things get together in the fall. But look, this is a guy who was like averaging four blocks a game at Auburn. He was uh, just a menace. Um, and uh, in, in, interesting when he was introduced to uh, jazz media, uh, and we'll get to his, his uh, the player comments probably more so tomorrow, but um, uh, his uh, rolled tape on, on what they all had to say um, uh, uh, from over the weekend, but we'll get the uh, a different perspective today on it, and then we'll, we'll, we'll play some of those clips for you tomorrow. But Walker Kessler today um, saying, when, well, at least when he was introduced to jazz media, saying that really he uh, watched a lot of Rudy Gobert when he was in college uh, and when he was in high school, that he learned a lot from watching Rudy, not just about just how he used his length and his size, because certainly those are part of you know being gifted with size like he and Rudy Gobert are, but he really talked a lot about Rudy and his kind of mental approach to the game and as a defender and a shot blocker. And uh, he modeled a lot of what he did as a player watching and studying Rudy Gobert, which was really interesting. Uh, is he going to be Rudy Gobert 2.0? Uh, I don't know. That may be a bit too much to put on him. But um, certainly somebody who takes a lot of pride in defense and uh, stopping the other team from being able to score. What can he do offensively? Uh, you know, reports are that he he did uh, shoot the ball pretty well in practices. Just the college game didn't really allow him to showcase some of that. So there are reports out there that he could even step out and hit the three uh, in practices, but it was never utilized as such in a game. So until we really see it, we'll just have to take other people's word for it. But allegedly, Walker Kessler does have a bit of an offensive game beyond just uh, around the rim. So that could be kind of exciting uh, to see how that uh, works out. But coming up here in about uh, four or five minutes from now, uh, Ben Beacon with the uh, Locked on Timberwolves podcast will be joining me. And uh, he'll shed some more light on Malik Beasley, his troubled past, and the type of player that in person that he is now or could be in the future, Patrick Beverly. He is uh, known to be an instigator, uh, an annoyance throughout the league. But if he's on your team, how do your own guys feel about him? Uh, Jared uh, Vanderbilt, somebody who early in his career kind of hampered with injuries but started to blossom here late. Uh, and then the, what the, the thoughts and hopes were for uh, Leandro Balmero and uh, Walker Kessler going into uh, the, the drafts of these last two years from Minnesota. So excited to hear what he has to say and giving us a little bit more of an understanding of who these guys are and what they potentially could do in Utah Jazz uniforms. Uh, and then a little bit later on, we'll hear some comments from Justin Zanuck and uh, Danny Ainge about the deal now that they can officially talk about it and how it's affecting and could affect other players currently on the roster. Um and they, they throughout the, the, the presser, they made it clear they're not done. There are other things still to do to fill out the roster. So stay tuned for that coming up uh, a little bit later on here on the Full Court Press. Uh, if you want to chime in, a reminder, uh, the Full Court Press text line is open, 435-339-0321. And uh, 9315 chimes in. Can Aggie fans jump on YBU just like they did with us when we had football player 
uh, get some blowback for having cannabis with the Zach Wilson thing. Namiesh has really improved his game. Just think if he could have made them at USU. Yeah, the whole Zach Wilson thing at BYU is, I, I'll be honest, I haven't, I haven't gone down that rabbit hole. I know there's stuff that's going on there, but since it's about them, them and a uh, former quarterback, I just am not getting into that. I know, uh, I'm not really following it, but it deserves to have some blowback. Uh, honor code violations, potentially. Uh, again, I don't know all the details, so I can't really speak too much on it. Uh, but for Nimi, uh, he, look, that is a guy who was improving his game at USU. Um, but uh, he he improved his game every year at USU. So I'm not sure I understand. Uh, just think if he could have made them at USU. Um, he was making improvements at USU, um, and that's why he was able to get drafted and, and is currently on an NBA team. So, uh, But if he could have made those type of adjustments he's made now while at Utah State, he would have been a first-rounder, probably a lottery pick. Um, so that could have been yeah, a pretty big deal for Nimi if he would have uh, advanced that far. Oh, you're meaning three-pointers. Oh. Uh, I know he attempted a few, um, but um, uh, if he was, if he could have been more of a three-point threat, uh, I'm sure that Craig Smith would have utilized that to stretch the floor and to uh, to highlight his skill set and do a little bit more. Um, okay, again, two three zero five on our full court press text line. Are you telling us you didn't know anything about these guys that came over for a? from Minnesota in the trade, because last week you didn't talk highly of any of them. Has this changed? Uh, I, I don't know that I I didn't say that I didn't talk highly about any of them. I, I, I said some of them could be starters. They're more likely to be rotation guys. Uh, it's not that I didn't know anything about them. I just am curious to hear from somebody who covers them on the regular to hear what he has to say about them. Uh, I, I think Vanderbilt could be uh, a, a starter, a uh, Beasley's probably a sixth man right there with Jordan Clarkson. I think they play a similar role. And I think it depends on what the Jazz roster looks like with other moves, if Pat Beverly is a starter or not. So uh, I think they're they're nice complementary pieces. I think there's some players who could be starters. They're more likely rotational guys. Does this necessarily help the team be a contender? No. Um, whereas Rudy Gobert... Obviously, he didn't make the Jazz a contender, but uh, you know they certainly have to try to fill that void. And uh, doing it by committee is maybe what the Jazz have to try to do. So we're going to take a timeout, and when we come back, we will hear from uh, Ben Beacon, and who covers the uh, the Timberwolves regularly on his Locked On T Wolves podcast. And that's coming up next. Hotter weather, it's tough on your vehicle, right? So take it into Valvoline Instant Oil Change at 695 North Main in Logan. And they've got Valvoline Synthetic and Valvoline Max Life oil for your vehicle to make sure it runs optimally in the heat of the summer. Plus, they'll get you back out on the road fast. That's Valvoline Instant Oil Change. 
It's happened to us all. Red punch, nail polish, coffee or paint. This is Dow with Northern Utah Chem Dry. What you don't realize is using your own methods can potentially lock in stains within the carpet. ChemDry's patented stain removal solutions have successfully removed stains all over Cass Valley. If we can't get it out, no one can. So next time you spill, call ChemDry of Northern Utah. ChemDry of Northern This is Ryan at My Mattress. A mattress store recently closed right next door to our Riverdale location. Most people have said how awesome that is for us. I think I disagree. At My Mattress, we love competition. We love it if you shop other places, but also give us a shot. Shop online or go to other stores, maybe even a warehouse sale, but come into My Mattress because we want our shot at winning your business. Come into My Mattress right now and see if better sleep and better pricing are what you'll find. Why schedule your appliance repair with Daryl's? Because we are factory trained and have experience in parts and stock to get your appliance fixed efficiently and quickly. Hi, I'm Brian, the service manager at Daryl's. We guarantee your satisfaction and promise to give you the five-star service you deserve. Remember, we can compete with their price, but they can't compete with our service. Daryl's, west on Airport Road. Open till 6 on weekdays, 5 p.m. on Saturdays. See Daryl's Appliance in beautiful downtown Benson. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Uh, again, hoping Jason Walker gets feeling better quickly. Back in the studio, hoping... By tomorrow, the way he's progressing, that'll be good news. But uh, Utah Jazz hoping to get better with some moves uh, that can benefit them now, but maybe more so in the future, at least giving them flexibility with future draft picks. But it's not just about the draft picks. It's also about the players arriving now who could potentially be on the roster. We don't know if this team is really done making moves, but we're going to assume for a moment that all these players involved in the Rudy Gobert deal will be Jazz players this next season. And so with that in mind, let's find out about who they are and kind of their path to get here and how they might help Utah. And joining us now on the Full Court Press, Ben Beacon. He's a host of the Locked on T-Wolves podcast. Ben, thanks for your time today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. So uh, let's start with probably the more veteran players and then we'll go down to the younger ones uh, sure. with this deal. Pat Beverly has been around the league for a while, and he's one of those guys that when he's on the opposite team, you just love to hate him. He's yep. a he's a gnat. He's an instigator. But from somebody who is from the perspective when he's on your team, do you feel the same way, or you like rally around him and you love the guy for what he does? Oh, he's a, he's a ton of fun to root for. I, I, that was kind of the first reaction I think for many Timberwolves fans when this trade happened was was uh, oh man, you know. <laughs> On the one hand, right, like the Wolves weren't giving up any of their best four players. But if you talk to anybody around the Wolves, you'd say Patrick Beverly was the heart and soul of this team last year. Obviously, Carlton Towns and Anthony Edwards are the best players and uh, and all that. But Patrick Beverly really almost single-handedly in less than a calendar year changed the, the culture in Minnesota. And um, he was somebody who came in from day one and said he couldn't wait to play with Towns. And he played with Carlton Towns. He pumped up Anthony Edwards any chance he got. 
Um, and obviously the competitive on the court competitiveness on the court speaks for itself. Um, he's obviously a unique personality. I think he's probably putting it lightly, but, um, he, he, everybody loved him. All the players loved him. The coaches loved him. He said he wanted to stay in Minnesota. They signed him to an extension. He was originally supposed to be a free agent this off season, but he signed an extension in like March of last year. So before the season even ended and, and, um, he's, he plays with as much passion as anybody in the league. He is a legitimately great on ball defender. Um, and, and the impact, I think, certainly off the court that he had in the locker room, and also really the on-court mentality. I mean, the Timberwolves haven't had very many guys who will go to or, you know, bring that kind of nasty attitude to the court and, and not back down. And, and obviously, Pat Bev's had moments in his career that, that you know, some would describe as dirty, and there's things that he's done that he shouldn't have, but he, was a, he didn't have really any of those in Minnesota last year, and he would just do, you know, like he said, he would do, you, you hate to root against him, because he is just kind of an obnoxious, you know, gnat on the court. Um, but he's so much fun to root for. And, and to a player, it seems like the entire Timberwolves roster loved being teammates with him last year. Uh, uh, there was definitely a sense that things were different in Minnesota last year. Uh, with him on that roster, bringing that dog mentality, it did seem like that rubbed off on other players. And I, certainly Utah Jazz could, could use some of that, especially if they've struggled with uh, defense on the perimeter. Uh, but what about uh, you know, Malik Beasley? Here's a guy who's been in the league for a little while. He's had his ups and downs uh, off the court, um, but um, he had some great moments this last year, and when he was met with some people this past weekend, putting on a tie, trying to say, I've got a new image, I'm, I'm trying to approach things differently. What's that roller coaster ride been like with Malik Beasley? Yeah, he's by all accounts been a great teammate as well. I mean, you know, different a little bit in a different way than Patrick Beverly. Certainly he had the legal issues that he ran into, I think it was almost two years ago now, but he dealt with it in terms of off the court, actually did go to prison for a little while last offseason and did his time and came out of it, um, like you said, a completely different attitude. Um, and even prior to the issues, uh, he was apparently a good teammate. You know, nobody really had any issues with him going back to his days in Denver, his first year in Minnesota. And the Timberwolves gave him that contract extension after his first dozen or so games in Minnesota. And he averaged, uh, actually over his first two seasons, um, you know, with obviously the COVID short, COVID shortening both of those years and then the off the court issues. But he averaged about 20 points a game, 19.9 points a game for the Wolves in almost a season's worth of games. It was like 60 some games. And I mean, he can really score. Um, and he hasn't had any other, you know, documented issues other than, than obviously the serious ones that happened a couple of years ago. And, came to camp ready to go last year. He was a little bit out of shape, but I think that was more actually being, you know, in prison versus not wanting to be in shape. Um, and he kind of played his way into shape and had a strong finish to the season. He's a legit 40, 41, 42% three point shooter, uh, really good catch and shoot guy. Fantastic in transition. Um, he needs the ball in his hands to be effective, but he doesn't, it's not like he's a high usage guy. If that makes sense. Like he, he, if he touches the ball, it's going up, but it's going to be a three or it's going to be a dunk in transition. He's athletic. He's a very good shooter, um, but he's not going to dominate the ball in any sense. He's not going to run, pick, and roll. He's not going to take the ball out of Donovan Mitchell's hands, but he's a really dynamic kind of like third option uh, in both in transition and in the half court as a shooter. Um, and, and I think he's, he's, um, he's a really good player. I, I mean, he's a rotation guy. He, he struggled a little last year versus two years ago, mostly because his role shifted. He became a bench guy. And he never really saw that rhythm. Um, he needs other good players around him, like a Donovan Mitchell or like a D'Angelo Russell or Carl Anthony Towns, to get him involved. And then if he gets into a rhythm, he's really good offensively. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. It seemed like his numbers did taper off last year uh, compared mm-hmm. to kind of where he was 
what his trajectory was, and, and then uh, just how was he defensively? I think that's always a big question this Jazz roster is trying to figure out is are there other guys who can defend their yard, so to speak, and how was he in that initial point of attack? I will say that was his biggest issue headed into last season, but I will also say he's still a below-average defender. Like I'll, I'll just call it like it is. He's a below-average defender. However, there was obvious improvement last year. Um, even going back two years, when Ryan Saunders was still the head coach, they joked about how every time he saw Ryan Saunders in training camp, he'd say, all defense, all defense. Obviously, he's nowhere near all defense. But it was front of mind for him that he knew he needed to improve defensively. The Timberwolves had challenged him to do that. And last year, he did. Uh, he, he was much better. He used to be a turnstile defensively, at least put up some resistance. He's got good length, really good athleticism. He's quick laterally. He's still only like, I think he's 26. Um, so he still has some upside defensively. Uh, it's more of an effort thing. And then also understanding the scheme he's in. Um, but like I said, he improved drastically last year on that end of the floor. So I still think there's some upside there, but that's his biggest issue is defensive consistency. Um, and also he does a good job of staying within himself offensively. He doesn't over, he knows he doesn't put the ball on the floor and score often. He scores as a cutter. He scores as a spot up shooter and he scores in transition. So really the only, the only hole in his game in terms of uh, consistency is on the defensive end of the floor. Now, Jared Butler, Jared Butler, Jared Vanderbilt, uh, first part of his career kind of hampered with injuries here and there. We didn't see really his full potential when he's in Denver and, and seemed a little bit slow to get going in Minnesota as well. But this last year, it seemed like he had a really breakout year. Uh, is that kind of indicative of who we think he really is? Or is this a guy that's maybe injury prone that uh, we have to kind of keep an eye on? Yeah, he didn't really have injury issues last year. He had a couple of like nagging injuries that he played through, and they tried to limit his minutes middle of the season. But that was partly because uh, his role was just to wreak havoc. And I would say he's the, the combination of what he provides now, a little bit of upside, the player he is. He's the toughest piece for me as somebody who covers the Timberwolves to, to see go uh, because he still has some upside. He's relatively young. He played just one year and really just like 18 games, I think, at University of Kentucky with a second-round pick. Um, and he, he's not going to ever be like a big scorer, but there were, I mean, last year there were legitimate Dennis Rodman comparisons based on the way he plays. Obviously he's not likely to be a hall of famer like Dennis Rodman, but the way that he plays high steal rate, high block rate, good defensive rebound rate. He, you know, the, the place he's a little bit, he's not quite where Rodman was in terms of, if we're just looking, I mean, if you look at the first three years of Dennis Rodman's career, it's actually not a crazy comparison. If you're just looking at rate based stats and stuff like that, it's, it's not too dissimilar. Vanderbilt isn't quite there in terms of rebounding the ball, but he's a very good defender. He's switchable. He can guard really two through four, um, you know, comfortably three through four and some fives, I guess. Uh, but he's, he's a, you know, high motor guy. His nickname in Minnesota was V8 because he played like the motor never, never stopped. Um, so he, he's, it's going to be tough for the Wolves to be missing him because he was the energy guy who could guard multiple positions, block shots, grab steals. The Wolves played an aggressive roll defense where they were blitzing on the perimeter, and Vando was a big reason for that. And he did start to break down a little midseason, but to his credit, he played through it, and he still played heavy minutes. He started basically from Thanksgiving on for this team, or maybe even a little earlier, mid-November on. Um, and he, I mean, he started on a playoff team. Um, so he's a really fun rotation role player. Fans are going to love him. High energy, plays hard, good in the community, good guy. Um, I, I, it's, it's hard for Timberwolves fans to see Vanderbilt go. Ben Beacon, host of the Locked on Timberwolves podcast here on the Full Court Press. Now, uh, the younger guys were not quite so sure on. Uh, like this, there's the, the hope and, and the potential behind them. But uh, Leandro Balmaro, here's a guy from Argentina, 
young prospect. He's with the Jazz now. We just had a game just over this past weekend in their summer league. But what was what was kind of the hope and kind of uh, this design that you saw with him, the potential that he might have had for Minnesota? So he's one where his, his path to playing time right now is perimeter defense. Um, he really is kind of a, a an oversized two-guard that isn't a great shooter, if that makes sense. So he's really kind of a secondary playmaker as a wing. Um, his outside shot, they drafted him a couple years ago in, in the tw- same draft as Anthony Edwards and Jaden McDaniels. He spent a year in the EuroLeague, improved his shooting percentage. He was close to 40% that year. Um, but it may have been a little bit smoke and mirrors because this last year when he got a crack at the rotation due to COVID and some injuries to the Wolves, he really struggled with his outside shot. Um, but he's a really good passer. He actually won most outstanding player in Europe a couple of years ago, and that wasn't necessarily the MVP award. It really means the most exciting player because he's flashy, great passes. He's a, a long defender, um, quick enough laterally, I think, to defend at the NBA level, uh, can guard really kind of three positions, one through three, um, and again, good size. So it's really just the shot. And is he athletic enough to be good, you know, get to the paint and be good in the paint? There were some, and this is, I think, maybe just because they're both from Argentina, partially some Manu Ginobili type, like, hey, could his ceiling be like Manu? He is that type of a player, not a great outside shooter, not ultra athletic, but kind of crafty, very good passer. Um, I think he, he might, he's certainly bigger than Ginobili. I think he might be a better defender pretty early on um, than Ginobili was. And I don't know that the offensive ceiling is there, but it's that type of a player where, you know, I don't know that he's got superstar ceiling, but I think he's probably got starter level ceiling. And he could, you know, depending on which direction the Jazz go in terms of continuing to build out the roster, potentially a mini rebuild, he could be a rotation guy. And again, the way he does that is is by being a good perimeter defender. And I think he can do that right now at the NBA level. He saw We saw flashes of that last year with the Wolves. Uh, draft day was kind of screwy. For There were a lot of drafts, uh, trades that were going on, players were moving around. But at the end of the day, it looked like Walker Kessler was heading to Minnesota until the Rudy Gobert deal uh, got, you know, consummated but from the initial reactions from uh, from the Minnesota fan base and you guys as you're following what was what were your initial thoughts about Walker Kessler as a as a draftee for the Timberwolves yeah I like him I, I like him as a prospect um, he's won only a couple of guys since they started tracking block rate uh, back about 25 30 years ago to have a block rate of over 19 percent at the NBA level or at the NCAA level division one which uh, for those not familiar, that just means it's the percentage of shots attempted that while he was on the floor that he blocked. So that means nearly one in five shots attempted while he was on the floor from anywhere on the floor was blocked by Walker Kessler, which is insane. Um, that's like basically uh, Matisse Thibel, of course, of the Sixers. And, and you look at uh, um, Willie Cauley-Stein, formerly of Kentucky. Those are guys who are in that same neighborhood. And those are both top flight NBA defensive type guys. Maybe Cauley-Stein, not quite as much, but he had a moment where he was. And those, those are rotation NBA players. Kessler is every bit of seven feet, um, and, and he was a really good pick-and-roll defender. He can play multiple coverages, so he's obviously not going to fill the massive hole left by Rudy Gobert, but he can play uh, drop coverage in a similar way as Gobert. Uh, in fact, the Wolves, obviously, when they drafted him, didn't know that they could trade for Rudy Gobert, at, at that, or didn't know that they would for sure, and Kessler was kind of the extremely light version of that, right? They were going to try and pair Carl Fleet Towns with a seven-footer that could play drop coverage, that could protect the paint, that could rebound. And Kessler, you know, that was the idea, is that he could play with Town. So I think he's going to be really good as a shot blocker at the NBA level. I actually think he'll do okay at avoiding foul trouble. The question is offensively, can he do anything besides roll to the basket? He didn't show, he shot like 20% on jumpers, not just threes, but jumpers total outside the paint last year at Auburn. Um, but going back to high school, the Wolves talked about after they drafted him, 
he showed some touch in high school. He could shoot threes in high school. So it might just be a function of he wasn't allowed to do much of it at Auburn, and there could be some touch there outside the paint, which means his upside's a lot higher than I think you know people maybe gave him credit for coming into the draft. So I like him as, as an NBA player. I think he's probably more likely long-term, like a, like a third big type guy who could play the five. If he does a touch outside the paint, play the four. But um, I think he could step in right away and be an effective NBA big. And I guess my, my final question for you, and I appreciate your time today, but the, the final question, just what's the reaction in Minnesota about Rudy Gobert landing uh, this three-time defensive player of the year, multi-time all-star? What, what's the reaction there on how he might really work with Carl Anthony Towns and that roster? Yeah, it's kind of funny. I think initially there was this Timberwolves, you know, fans were kind of like, oh, man, we really gave up a lot. This is exciting, but we gave up a lot. And then I think, and I'm speaking now, I guess, for, for the region, right, for the, for the upper Midwest, I think people looked at the national reaction and everybody just kind of trashing the trade for the Wolves and, you know, the, the national folks and, and then kind of circled the wagons and were like, wait a minute, like our team's actually going for it. This is the one time that, a, you know, Minnesota sports team period really has traded for uh, an all-NBA player, an, all, an all-league player, a top-20 player in his sport. Um, and now all of a sudden the national pundits don't like it. And so I think there's now this reaction of like, Hey, let's see if they can make this work. Um, now, uh, now for me, if I'm just analyzing it from a basketball perspective, I think it's fascinating. The Wolves are zigging while other teams are zagging. You know, we saw Boston um, not quite to the to the level of the Wolves, but you know, they went to the finals with playing a couple of bigs quite frequently. And there were other. I mean, the Warriors did it some, and and um, the, the Cavs are the obvious example that that did it to the extreme. And the Pacers have done a lot over the last few years. So, but most teams are not right. Most teams are playing small. So I think. Wolves fans in general, fans of the Timberwolves, are excited to have another All-NBA player. They now have two All-NBA players. They have three likely All-Stars. Anthony Edwards is, is probably going to make the All-Star team this year or the year after, plus D'Angelo Russell. So this is one of the top starting lineups in the league, and the question is now depth, and then can Gobert stay on the floor, as Jazz fans know all too well, in the playoffs? Um, that is obviously another piece of, of the puzzle. But, um, yeah, generally speaking, Wolves fans are excited. I mean, this is going to be a team that's projected in the top three, four, five teams in the Western Conference. That hasn't been the case since Kevin Garnett was in Minnesota the first time. So uh, 18, 19 years ago was the last time the Wolves will go into the season with this, this much in terms of expectation. So by and large, you know, the apprehension is just over the picks given up. But uh, Wolves fans are excited. Well, Ben, I really appreciate the insight and just the, the perspective from watching uh, these uh, Minnesota players that are now going to be Utah players, at least in the short term, who knows if they're going to stay or not as part of future deals, sure. but at least knowing who they are and what they could potentially bring to the table, I think helps a lot of us understand how they could integrate into the system and how they might help this team stay competitive. And I think that's a big question right now is, is are they trying to stay competitive or is this a complete mm-hmm. rebuild? And I think this kind of shows the fact that they're still trying to be competitive and these guys could help them do that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they're all other than Balmaro. The other three were all, rotation guys on a playoff team. So I think, I think that, you know, whether they stay or not, you're either going to get value for them in trades or they're going to be a, a big part of the jazz this season. Well, Ben, I appreciate your time again. If folks want to tune into the uh, locked on T wolves podcast and uh, you guys do a great job of, of following uh, what's going on with Minnesota and those that want to keep an eye on Rudy Gobert, you guys definitely will be uh, breaking that down. So thanks again for your time and best of luck. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. All right, that's uh, Ben Beacon. And you can follow him on Twitter, by the way, at B Beacon. That's B B E E C K E N. 
and uh, follow everything that's going on with the Timberwolves and how they're reacting to the Rudy Gobert trade moving forward. And a quick timeout here in the Full Court Press. We'll get some thoughts about Dan- from Danny Ainge and Justin Zanuck as well, the front office view about this deal that has now been officially consummated between Minnesota and Utah. Well, that's coming up next here on the Full Court Press. Who do you turn to if you want to change out your wood or pellet stove? Advance Fireplace and Stove. They were voted the gold medalist for Best of Northern Utah for the second year in a row in the fireplace retrofit category. Be ready when the government's next wood and pellet replacement incentives pop up. Advance Fireplace can help you navigate the paperwork. For more information, call Advance Fireplace and Stove, 752-7272. Online, advancefireplaceandstove.com. Hi, this is Bob Larson with LSS Insurance. If you're about to turn 65, you have been bombarded with so much mail and pestering phone calls. Ditch the junk. We make Medicare easy. We will answer your questions and get you the information you need. We are your health insurance specialists. Call 752-9493. Having local health makes all the difference and there's no cost to you. We're here for you now and in the years to come. Call 752-9493 or visit lssins.com. Don't get caught without power to your home or business. This is Tyler with Golden Spike Electric. We offer Generac backup generators to keep your home or business warm, avoiding frozen pipes, loss of valuable food, or even a flooded basement. Golden Spike Electric is certified and factory trained, so you know it will be installed right and properly maintained. Contact Golden Spike Electric so you'll never be without power again. Online at gsegenerators.com. We also service other brands. Golden Spike Electric and Generac. Power you can count on. The results are in for the 2022 Best of Northern Utah Contest. Presented by Campbell Snacks, home of Pepperidge Farm. Pick up your free copy of the Winner's Magazine. Pick up locations are listed at bestofnorthernutah.com. Over 600,000 votes were cast to determine gold and silver winners in 185 business categories. Help congratulate these businesses and let's support all of our local businesses. And thank you for participating in the 2022 Best of Northern Utah Contest. Best of Northern Utah. Cash Valley Bank's newest branch is now open in Preston. I'm Lance Zollinger, and I'm excited to announce Cash Valley Bank is now open inside Stokes Marketplace. If you're an existing customer, you'll love the convenience. If you're not a customer, we'd love to have you open a new account with us, or even talk with us about a loan for your farmer business. Cash Valley Bank, a community bank where decisions are still made locally, now open in Preston. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. This is Gene Needham of S.E. Needham Jewelers. If you are in the market for a diamond engagement ring, I would like to personally invite you to visit our store. With our beautiful selection of rings and broad diversity in style, you are sure to find a ring you'll love. You'll enjoy our quiet atmosphere as you view our beautiful selection of diamonds. We grade each diamond twice in order to assure exactness in the diamonds we present. Shop and compare, and then come to the Diamond Engage Ring Store, where Utah gets engaged. Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7. S.C. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. Hey, it's Jackson with Mountain West Motor, inviting you to check out our new location at 615 North Main in Logan. If you're looking for a rig that will turn heads on the road, each vehicle on our lot has been customized and built for your adventure. Whether it's hauling kids, hauling trailers, or roaming in the mountains, choose from our collection of trucks and SUVs at Mountain West Motor like no other dealership in Cache Valley. Visit us at mwmotor.com. Mountain West Motor, built for your adventure. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
Welcome back to Full Court Press. Just remind you about our good friends at Mountain West Motor. Logan's newest truck and SUV dealership at 615 North Main. Great selection of trucks and SUVs. You can also check them out online, mwmotor.com, or stop by 615 North Main. I really appreciate Ben Beacon joining me here on the show, talking about these new jazz player additions. Uh, And it was interesting, really, hearing his uh, excitement about Jared Vanderbilt, who probably the guy I'm most excited about as well in in this deal. Uh, Malik Beasley could be interesting if he continues to improve his game defensively. Really think Jordan Clarkson and you got Malik Beasley. Um, Patrick Beverly was was not made available to the media over the weekend. Don't know if that just he wasn't available or if there's something else at play there. But um, uh, with that is going to be interesting to see what Utah does with its point guard rotation, though. Something probably has to give there. And Danny Ainge and Justin Zanuck uh, you know, made it pretty much made it clear in their comments um, over this weekend that um, they're, they're not done. The roster is not finished, but they they did have a few interesting things to say uh, in regards to what these Minnesota players can do to help the team. And uh, before we go too far off on some of these other issues that they discussed, um, just wanted to let you hear from from them how they feel like these players from Minnesota in this deal help this team stay competitive. Really long-time NBA um, antagonist. Um, brings great defensive fire and something that intensity, uh, you know, is needed uh, with our team. And he's shown it over a number of years. Uh, Malik Beasley, you know, both Patrick and then Malik Beasley have both been rotational players on a playoff team. Malik's got a had a very good career either starting or coming off the bench and a very, very good offensive player. Um, we're excited about Walker Kessler, who, you know, as a first-round pick and a, and a center who put up some really good numbers, uh, both offensively and defensively, for a top program in Auburn. And so we're excited to get him into our developmental program. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt, you know, high-energy, um, defensive-minded four-man that I think has some upside to continue to develop in our program. Um, but he plays hard and, and uh, cares about his teammates, so we're excited to, to have him. And then Leandro, um, you know, as a former first-round pick and him getting settled here in the United States, um, he's big, he can play multiple positions, can handle the ball. Uh, we're hoping to, you know, integrate him here in Summer League um, now that the trade's official. So we're excited to kind of evaluate him and get him on a developmental path as well. And they were able to integrate him. He played uh, five points, five assists, did have one steal. He was a plus seven in in the plus minus for the day. We'll get to see him tonight when they take on the Mavericks, 8 o'clock on NBA TV. Um, But it's it's clear that Ainge and Zanuck, um, and maybe this is just smoke, they have to say this, but they're, they're... you're projecting that they want to still be a competitive team while still building for the future. They don't want to tear it down to the studs and then rebuild from there. Uh, they still want to be competitive. Uh, this is what Zanuck 
Justin Zanuck and Danny Ainge had to say when questioned on that. You know, our goal is to put the most competitive roster possible together, but also keeping the long-term in mind of building something that can grow up. And, you know, credit to Ryan Smith and the ownership group of giving us opportunities the last three years, three seasons, to really spend and give ourselves a shot. And, um, you know, the team fell short. We fell short. So we need to recalibrate and, you know, try to go and open up the next window. Um, and hopefully it's a long one, but we've got work to do to, to start that. And the timing of the trade, um, you know, as it's just finalizing now, it's been tough as free agency has gone. Now we have a little bit of money to spend, although not very much, but it's been, um, you know, we missed out on that opportunity as the trade took a while to get done. And that's interesting, uh, that note there on the end from Danny Ainge about that uh, I'm not sure what it was that, kind of held this deal up, but um, it, it did cost Utah opportunities in the free agent market. So there are still free agents out there. They're still looking to, to fill their roster, and I'm not going to play it, but basically they did say the door's not closed on Juancho Hernan Gomez or Eric Paschal or Trent Forrest. Uh, there still may be an opportunity for those guys to still be Jazz players this, next year. Um, it's becoming a little more complicated because of the window of free agency and players who have already moved on. Uh, another quick timeout, some more from uh, Justin Zanuck and Danny Ainge, and your reactions as well. Now that they were officially introduced, uh, these players from Minnesota, and you're hearing from the executives, the front office from the Utah Jazz, your reactions to the deal and what's going on in the summer league for the Utah Jazz and our former Aggies, uh, Namiyash Keta and Justin Bean will continue to discuss coming up next on the Full Court Press. Uh, but hey, Grantham Mobile Automotive, they are fast and affordable. And I actually can speak from firsthand experience. Had an issue this weekend. Had a, a vehicle, a truck that I borrowed, had a had an engine issue, uh, and uh, called Grantham Automotive. It came out and got it taken care of. I was surprised at uh, how quickly he was able to get it identified and get it fixed. So if you've got an issue with your vehicle, uh, whether it's in your driveway or out on the road, call 435-229-4345. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence in a beautiful new office complex at 2245 North, 400 East North Logan, just south of the Cash Valley Hospital. The entire staff and doctors Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art facility. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throw is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North, 400 East North Logan. Go to CashValleyENT.com for details. Most insurance products, including SelectMed, are accepted. For the second year in a row, Advanced Heating and AC is honored to be named Gold Medalist for Best of Northern Utah in the AC and HVAC category. They thank you for your support and vote of confidence in their company. You have many choices when it comes to your home's heating and air conditioning system. Make sure you choose the gold medal winning company, Advanced Heating and AC. Call 752-7272 or stop by their showroom west of DI online at advancedheating-ac.com. 
Hi, this is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. At White Pine, we value compassion, integrity, and service. We are committed to serving you and treating your family as our family. We will be here when you need us most to listen, to help, and to provide exactly what your circumstances require. At White Pine, we promise to dedicate our time and attention to you and your family. We invite you to come by and meet us. We're confident you'll feel a difference. Grantham Automotive Repair knows how busy you are. I'm like the busiest person alive. We know there's never enough time in your day. I make instant oatmeal in the microwave. We know it's not always convenient to get your car fixed, so we will come to you. Introducing Grantham Automotive with over 10 years experience. Our master ASE technician is licensed and insured and headed your way. Book your service appointment by calling 435-229-4345. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. It's a Napa Auto Parts bucket sale going on now. We can find hard-to-find diesel oils from Shell, Chevron, Valvoline, Amsoil, and Schaefer's all in stock in their five locations between Preston and Providence. So Utah Jazz executives Danny Ainge and Justin Zanuck met with the media over the weekend. And certainly one of the, the questions that continues to be asked is, yeah, you, you traded Rudy Gobert, but is, is Donovan Mitchell on the trading block or is he untradeable? If you had asked me you know, three months ago about anybody on the roster or any sort of change, change is inevitable in the NBA. Um, I'm not trying to be cryptic or anything else, but um, Donovan's on our roster, and, and he's a very, very important part of what we're trying to do. So, um, you know, things evolve in the NBA, so I, I couldn't sit here and say, you know, anybody is, you know, we're, we're trying to build a championship team, but there's no intent there at all. So there's no intent to trade Donovan, but... They are trying to build the championship team. So, I mean, I don't mean to read too much into what he had to say, but uh, the Donovan Mitchell was a, a point of that was brought up a couple different times in a couple different ways with this um, this, this discussion with the media, uh, with the Justin Zanuck and Danny Ainge over the weekend. Um, but they did make it clear, like they've been in contact with Donovan. Uh, this, the new head coach has a prior relationship with Donovan. So they are trying to build a competitive team. And it appears that he is part of the plan moving forward. Um, but they are also making it clear that they're not done with moves. And I don't know that necessarily means they're going to be dealing Donovan, but they do have other pieces they need to put in place. There are other players that need to help this roster be competitive and to, to be a playoff team. Yes, they acquired rotational guys and who were starters and, and key rotation guys on a playoff team last year from Minnesota, a team that had a big culture change that improved and became a playoff team, a good playoff team. Um, but Utah is, I don't think they're with these moves. Is this a team that's going to get out of the first round? Uh, probably not. Not yet. There's still some more pieces that need to be put in place. 
Is it a team that will make the first round? I think so. I think they are. I think as it's currently constituted, it's a playoff team, but it can get better. Uh, I, I am excited the more I research and learn about who these guys are and what they can bring to the Jazz with their upside. I think that there is some opportunity there. Uh, 9315, if you give more minutes, he will be able to show off his skills better, I believe. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm excited to see what this team looks like moving forward. Uh, we'll f- and we'll, f- we'll hear more from the players themselves tomorrow. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. This weekend, we finally got an answer to one of the bigger questions of the NFL offseason. After the Browns acquired Deshaun Watson, all eyes have been on the former number one overall pick, Baker Mayfield. Over the last couple of months, it's become clear that if the quarterback wanted a chance to start, his best chance was in Carolina or Seattle. The Panthers decided to give Baker that opportunity this weekend. With all that was going on with Mayfield and the Browns, the trade seems like a blockbuster. But the deal doesn't present a lot of risk for any of the parties involved. Panthers get a signal caller who led his team to the AFC Championship game in his last healthy season. Mayfield gets a shot at revamping his career with the Browns, and they escape an $18 million cap hit. Whatever the former Heisman winner does, he's always going to be under the microscope. That goes along with being the number one overall pick. But no matter what you think of Mayfield or the Panthers, it's hard to say the deal doesn't have a potential to help everyone. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.